Well, we talked about this yesterday and people are still talking about Barnaby Joyce's unfortunate situation last Wednesday in Canberra where he found himself uh, lying on his back in the street after having fallen off a planter box, talking on his phone. Obviously, he admits he was quite inebriated and he admits that he shouldn't mix alcohol with some medications. Um, his boss is David Littleproud, the leader of the National Party. And David's on the telephone now. David, always good to talk to you. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was distressing. Um, I know that Barnaby Joyce's uh, political opponents will go to town on this. Um, you've spoken to Barnaby. Can you shed some light on where he's at? Is he okay? And what did you have to say to him? Yeah, and look, I spoke to him on Friday when the story broke, and, and that was the first question, are you okay? Uh, and I think that's what everybody um, should be asking, and he is okay. Um, and in his own admission, this wasn't normal behaviour. Uh, but there were extenuating circumstances of this, and, and much of what he's talked about uh, on Friday and Saturday was about uh, the mixture of some prescriptions that he's been given, and he, he wasn't careful enough with the mixture of those prescriptions with alcohol and the quantity that he drank, and he's been big enough to acknowledge that. But there's some also some other circumstances that he's confided in me, and I, I don't intend to break his trust. My job is to create an environment around him that he's protected in the sense that he gets all the support he needs. Uh, and both Peter Dutton and I have both had a conversation with him and, and encouraged him uh, to take some time off mm. uh, to make sure that he can deal with this and that he can he can actually continue to contribute uh, and to make sure that, you know, some some of the challenges that everyone is quick to cast stones, but you don't always know what the circumstances are. No, you don't. Him. No, you don't. And, I, and if Barnaby wants to, to express that to the broader public, then he can. But he didn't go out and hurt anybody. He hurt himself. He uh, did, and, and his family, and, I guess. And and, he, and I don't know about his, how his constituents feel. The feedback I'm getting here um, on the night shift, David, is that, uh, people in regional Australia feel a bit for him. Does he have a problem with grog? Does he need to uh, look at that? Well, when he's when you've got uh, the prescription he's on, he definitely does, and he's acknowledged that. And yeah. that's that's one of the things that obviously uh, I think men's health is one thing that probably we should have learned from this. That we should, when we have got a prescription, we should be very careful about uh, how we how we use that and take the instructions literally, rather than just she'll be right. I think there's a big lesson in that. So. Um, look, the uh, Barnaby we're working through with him. Uh, we just want to make sure he's okay, uh, and that's the that's first and foremost my responsibility, and what we'll continue to do. David, can we, if we can move on, because you are leader of the National Party, and um, everywhere I look, I see that uh, we're going to great lengths to try and get on top of this massive problem, which is the red imported fire ant, which is causing a massive drama environmentally here in Australia and, and throughout regional Australia. It'll, it'll go to the cities as well. Can you tell me what this is all about and who these bloody things are and where they came from? Yeah, look, so you've got to go back a few years, about six or seven years ago, they were found in southeast Queensland. Uh, and we knew that this was a big problem. And so with biosecurity incursions like these fire ants, uh, your, your big job is to contain and eradicate. And so not just the Commonwealth government, but the Queensland government and every state, because they could see what the problem was if we didn't contain and eradicate, all put money in. In fact, we gave as taxpayers over $400 million to the Queensland government, who are the on the ground agency to, to eradicate. And in fact, about three years ago, it was contained to a very tight geographical area. And unfortunately, the Queensland government, who were charged with the responsibility of eradication, 
despite taking money not just from the Commonwealth but from every state, New South Wales, right across, even WA put money in, uh, they've let these things uh, explode. And unfortunately what's happened is uh, they've crossed the border but they've also got up the Great Dividing Range up near where I live. And unfortunately what that means is it can get into the Murray-Darling which means, you know, all the way down to Adelaide's in play. But now we've seen the march across the, the coast past the Tweed and uh, we're, we're down uh, past Ballina. And what these things will do yeah. is they'll destroy the landscape. So cattle can't graze because they'll actually, uh, they'll just attack whatever animals oh, need. Geez. And in fact, they'll attack humans. And in, and in cases, extreme cases, you can use, lose your life. Uh, in fact, there's about... I heard this, that stuff. they can kill you. Sure, it certainly can. If, if, you, if you've got a reaction to them, uh, you, you can, in extreme cases, there's reported deaths. In fact, the, the AMA, I think it is, have said that there could be over 140,000 extra doctor visits a year if we don't eradicate. Uh, and this is, this is before you take about $2 billion off agriculture. So we said to the government, you've got to accelerate this. And in fact, the, the Invasive Species Council, who, who look at all these pests, they said you need to put in about $200 million a year for the next four years to control and eradicate. The, the federal government said, no, we're only going to put in $200 million for the next four years. It won't touch the sides. And I can tell you, your amenity to live, it's not just agriculture, your amenity to live will be lost if this government doesn't show some leadership and actually take some control of what Queensland is doing because they've lost control of it there. They need to help and make sure New South Wales got it under control because it will move uh, and move quickly. So this is what we say. This is a matter of urgency. It is. It is. And people, people should not, not think that this is this is something uh, that won't get them. It can be in anyone's backyard in any park, uh, and it'll deem that that area unusable unless if if you get it. David, I had a caller ring me last year, and uh, he he listens overnight. He was working on the docks in Melbourne, and he said that shipping containers come in. It's his job to help put them on the back of trucks and move them on. He said that he sees shipping container after shipping container craned off a ship, put on the back of a truck, and it's got dirt and weeds hanging off it. Yeah, how and can so, that? How can that be? And yet we've we're walking through disinfectant when we get off the plane coming back from Bali. Uh, we all get how how uh, fragile our eco our ecosystem can be. And this guy's telling me that there's weeds and dirt on the shipping containers. Yeah, and that and that should be reported. In essence, not every container is is actually checked, and and the reason for that is we get about five million containers a year through our ports. We're going to go to about eight and a half million over the to the end of the decade, uh, and so what they do is they assess where those containers have come from. So they can now track back about four years. So if it was sitting in a paddock in Sudan. Um, three and a half years ago, then that container will be be pulled out and isolated because they believe there could be a biosecurity risk. If it's come from New Zealand, uh, where they have the same sort of biosecurity as us, then they won't be as worried about... Mm, but if it comes from South so, America, whoa. Exactly. So it depends on where the container has not just come from, but where it's actually been for, for the last four years. Uh, technology will help. And in fact, many of the cranes now that um, lift those big containers... There's actual thermal imagery that goes around, mm. and they actually pick up and can tell whether there's a biosecurity risk. Yeah. Um, so technology will get there, but we do need to be vigilant. And I don't know where that container came from, but um, it needs to be reported. 
He does, to buy security. He needs the report. David Littleprowse with us. Just quick, I'll, I'll tell you a story. This will raise your eyebrows. You ready for this? Yeah. So last year, it could have been near before, um, we were talking about importing motor cars. I don't know how we got onto it. Anyway, a bloke from South Australia rings me. And he said that he uh, the car of his dreams was a red Corvette that he bought from the United States. And um, it was shipped to Australia. He finally eventually got it got shipped to his place in South Australia. But when it left the United States, it was winter. And when it arrived here, obviously, it was summer. And he opens the bonnet. His car is in his garage. And he opens the bonnet with great anticipation. And there looking at him sitting up was a rattlesnake. I'm not oh. kidding. I am not kidding. And he's, he's freaked out. And he's gone to get a broom. He didn't know what to do. It's, it's sitting up, rattling at him. And it disappeared out of the car, down along, under, uh, along the garage floor, down the driveway, and it went down a drain. To this day, we don't know what's happened to it. Yeah, geez, that's, that is frightening, I can tell you. Can I you mean, believe I that? Like, I can, and, and, and some are intentional, some aren't. I, I had, a, had a case where a gentleman tried at Sydney Airport to smuggle a raccoon in through his pants. No, no um, his pants. He, he did, his pants. And is that a raccoon in your pants or are you just ple- – yeah, go on. It was, and the biosecurity officers had to go and follow him, and, and he was trying to pull the raccoon out from his pants. But uh, that is a real story. Sorry, so um, we need to remove the raccoon in your pants. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. may like to go into a private room for this. Yeah. They don't have that on Channel 7 border security. Where's that one? I'd, I'd watch that. Yeah, exactly. So, But it is a serious topic, and I can tell you if we lose – our biosecurity, not only, uh, you know, the environment gets hurt, but it, farmers get hurt. Oh, They're look, the ones that are at the front line of this. Look at rabbits and cane toads and, you know, exactly. and, and, and it goes on and on and on. Always good to talk to you, David Little Proud. Thank you so much. Let's talk again soon. Thanks for having me.